Welcome to the Follow Him Together podcast, where we're just going to break down some of the big questions that I know we've experienced before as pastors and leaders, maybe you've experienced before when you first named Jesus, your Lord and Savior, to up to whatever point you're at in your life now, how many years that is between that of just how do I follow Jesus and how do I follow Jesus well? And maybe there's questions you've experienced along the way. Listen, we're better together and we're not claiming to know all the answers to these questions or to even have necessarily the best answer to every question, but we at least want to start the conversation. We at least want to start talking about it, maybe different ways that we've personally experienced these questions and 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 how to answer them. And so today I have the awesome opportunity of uh, being here with Pastor Ariel, Pastor Jordan, who are going to help us unpack the question, I decided to follow Jesus, so what now? I decided to follow Jesus, so what now? Listen, you might have other questions that come up or, or that you've had, and if you want to submit those questions, it's really easy to do so. You just go to central.family and you hit the quick link 24-hour church. There you're going to find a number that you can either call, you can uh, chat with, text, or you can jump on just a live chat. And you're just going to let them know that you have a question for the How to Follow Jesus Together podcast and let them know what that question is. They're going to be compiling all those for us so that maybe in one of these future podcast weeks, we can answer your question. Because listen, if you have the question, chances are a lot of other people do as well. Right, right. And we all just want to learn and and be um, open to how we can follow Jesus mm-hmm. to better together. So anyway, today I decided to follow Jesus. So what now? And, and you just want to be a good follower of Jesus, but you're just kind of stuck. And maybe you've been stuck for a few days or weeks, or maybe you've been stuck for a few years and just what, what am I supposed to start doing or what's the most important thing to start doing? So mm-hmm, totally. yeah, what I like about this question too, is it can apply to anybody at any point in your life. That's right. Like, you know, at central, we have a lot of people that come through our doors that have no experience about what church is, have no history with it, and literally have no idea what am I supposed to do next. And then there are people that have been in church for a really long time that have just been doing the same thing Mm -hmm. kind of over and over again and feel stale. And so I think that we can probably talk a lot about from, you know, from the beginning to the people that have been around here for a long time, like what could be a next step? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe we could start. We... We have Pastor Jordan with us today, which if you haven't met Pastor Jordan yet, Pastor She's Jordan, the best. she is the best. <laughs> She's an awesome friend. But her specific role at Central is that she leads our youth ministry at all of our different church locations. So each of our youth ministries that are expressed in different locations, she's a, a pastor in our ministry that is really a, an incredible product of Central. But Jordan, maybe you can... Which, by the way, I wore my central youth I was sweatshirt noticing that. for you today. I should have so, worn mine. I don't I know. know why I didn't. It's okay. We almost matched. You can't twin. But, oh, yeah, it's yeah. true. <laughs> would have been much. weird. But maybe you can start to unpack for us just kind of your own journey revolving around this question. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think this question is so um, interesting because so many people have different stories of how they come to know Jesus. But at the end of the day, the moment you say yes, you always wonder what's next, yeah. you know? And for me, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I didn't have an example of a Christ follower at all. Like, you know, my family, grandparents, like no one really went to church. I think I went to like a little Lutheran church for like Easter randomly, you know, and that was it. And, um, gosh, when I was in middle school, my family was just a mess. Um, came from a family of addicts, you know, 
my mom left when I was in second grade. I had um, a stepmom, so a blended family, a lot of addiction and things like that. And gosh, when we stepped into Central, you know, my parents came to fix unhealthy circumstances and they just thought nothing else is working. We're going to go and see if God can fix it. And we only came every few months when things were really bad. And so I just never understood the point of church and Mm -hmm. I didn't really know what a relationship with Jesus even looked like. I just looked at it as a quick fix to really unhealthy circumstances. Mm. And I remember, gosh, in middle school, being forced to go to a summer camp and being there and, you know, having a leader look at me and say, hey, do you know Jesus? And I was like, no, I have no idea what any of this really is. And, you know, in that moment, she walked me through the prayer and I said yes to Jesus. But it actually took me six more years to really have a relationship Mm -hmm. with God Mm -hmm. and to really know what that looks like. Pause right there just for the central family to just take that in real quick. Mm -hmm. I I think what's awesome about Pastor Jordan is that that she— accepted Christ through Central's yeah. youth ministry. I yeah. mean, that was her first introduction, totally. and now she's helping my kids, your mm-hmm. kids, our Central youth, and so many in uh, the Vegas Valley yeah. and all the different areas that we have church locations just mm-hmm. for Central youth, for, mm-hmm. well, not for, even for Central youth, for students yeah. to experience the same kind of life change, mm-hmm. even though they might come from homes that have messy situations totally. just like you experienced. But keep going. Yeah, and you know, I think that kind of fuels the main passion for it of because it took me all of middle school and high school to figure out a relationship with Jesus. And so if, you know, whoever's listening to this, they have kids in our ministry, they have youth in our ministry. Like we're so intentional about it, not just being a one-time decision because you feel like that's what you have to do, Hmm. but really teaching our students how to experience Jesus, That's good. you know, not just tell them they have to make this decision. Right. And so, but I think that comes from a lot of you know, learning through my own story. And I had walked away from the church in high school and did everything, you know, you can imagine a high schooler to do my junior and senior year. And I was really mad at God. I was really angry. And so I just thought, you know, this didn't fix my problems over the last five years. And so I stepped away and I did my own thing. And there's just a moment where I had no plans for college. I felt really lost in community. I felt really alone. And I just remember a couple moments when I started coming to church of like, well, at least I knew I had something there. Like there was a place for me there. Yeah. And so, um, through an invite, I came back and I just remember having such a powerful encounter with Jesus of gosh, if I keep going the way that I'm going, this is not going to end well for me. Mm -hmm. It's going to end in the same cycle that the rest of my family was in. And I just knew deep, like in the deepest parts of my soul that that's not what I wanted to do. And so I just remember praying in the prayer again and just really that moment entering into a relationship with Jesus and knowing that there's so much more than just fixing my circumstances. And so from there, gosh, I was asking all the questions, just like people listening to this, you know, like, okay, well, what do I do? Like, how do I get involved? And I remember leaving just that moment being like, okay, I know I need to do more or else I'm going to fall away. Like, I don't want it to be like it was last time. And so I just started asking questions. And the number one thing that I learned was 
gosh, I have to get plugged in. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't just be a viewer anymore. I couldn't just be someone that just attended for an hour, listened to a good message and then left. Like that just wasn't going to really fuel my relationship with God. Yeah. And so I got plugged into a small group. I started really plugging into community of people that were also trying to figure it out. Um, and I think that's just like the perfect point is we're all just trying to figure it out. Whether no, you've been are. following Jesus for 15 years, you know. And so I just immediately got plugged into a group and started asking a lot of questions there, mm-hmm. you know, and then from there started serving. Um, and because I was so passionate about finding Jesus when, you know, I was in middle school, I just thought like, gosh, if I could be who I needed when I was younger, that's yeah. all that I kept saying. I jumped into leading a group in our middle school ministry at the time in Central Youth. And from there, just kind of really started reading my Bible, started learning how to pray. Um, But really it came down to, instead of just viewing, just sitting in church, Mm -hmm. I jumped into community. That was the very first thing. That's so interesting because, you know, you're an extrovert. I'm like a learned extrovert. I'm more of an introvert. (laughs) And so the idea of coming to a church Mm -hmm. and then going straight into a community group sounds awful (laughs) to me. Um, But I think that's what I really love about like how we have stuff like that set up at Central is there are so many next steps that you can take that fit what works for you. Mm -hmm. So I started coming here when I was 16, right after 9-11. And I was attending with my parents in like big church because going into the high school room just seemed like (laughs) that's not going to happen. So um, when that happened, I think they kind of forced, I don't remember why, but I remember like being told you have to go to the youth service. You can't come into the adult service. Mm. You got to go. So I went in there and it was just like, it's incredible. Like this, the stuff that our youth team did even back then was just like mind blowing. And so I went to the weekend service after that. And I saw like there was like a full on worship team, kind of like how it is in big church, but it was led by like young adults and high school kids. And at the time, like before I came to this church, I was part of all the choirs growing up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to be I want to be on the worship team. So I walked up to the girl who was just leading worship after service. And I was like, hey, it's just so unlike me. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I was That was Holy Spirit led for sure. And I was like, how do I join the I think I called it maybe the choir or the band. Yeah. I didn't have the right terminology. And it happened to be Laura, Nick's wife, who like oh, now we're best friends, but it that. was her. Yeah, she was leading worship. And so I was like, how do I join? And she's like, well, let's come backstage and you can come sing for me. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Immediate audition. I just watched this amazing vocal person singing, leading worship on stage. She's like, come backstage and sing for me. So anyway, I did. And she like immediately was like, okay, great. Like you're on the worship team. You can, and then there's like, we had like rehearsals and stuff, but that's how I got to know people. And then from there I joined a group. So I like just decided I'm just going to serve in a way that I know God has gifted me and that I feel passionate about. Um, And I just kind of, with the Holy Spirit's help boldly, like asked, how do I, how do I do this? Like, where do I go? And then from there, it just kind of like took off. You're kind of just have, you're forced to meet people and be with like-minded people who are ahead of you and can like show you the the things that you don't know about Mm -hmm. Christianity or about our church but yeah so I went that route was serving first and then ended up joining I mean some of my very best friends the people that challenged my relationship with Jesus came out of serving you know I met them there you know and that's where a lot of community gets built from which is really fun and we hear that a lot and I I think you know I think oftentimes just in the capital C church, like what do you start to feel when you hear that? I'm just, I'm just saying some, not everyone, but it's like, Oh, they just, they just want my help. Like, Mm -hmm. Oh, the, the best way 
for me to follow Jesus is to help you and to volunteer. You know, like you, you can yeah. go to that place Paul. in your head. But I think what more so than that, like what we've realized is that like through serving God, through serving others and, and being a part of that kind of community, it does start to open up that relationship in yeah. your life. Now, obviously there's so much more to your relationship with Jesus mm-hmm. that you're going to come to learn and unpack, but there's something about just being his hands and his feet that you start to get to know him. Yeah. 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 I think something that I learned a long time after I became a Christian is it sounds like the church is asking you for a lot of stuff because that's what everybody else in the world wants out of you is that yeah. they want something from you. And so they're offering you these things, but really they're trying to get your money, your time, whatever. And I think what unlocked something for me was understanding that these things that the church offers you isn't about what the church is getting from you. It's what it does for you in your relationship right. with Jesus. Exactly. And once you kind of get over that little hurdle of like, oh, they're asking for my time to volunteer. Oh, they're asking for my money. It's like, it's not really about that because God doesn't need any of that from us. It's really that we're trying to show you like the things that have bettered our life, which is countercultural. It's like, it doesn't make sense in the world, but it, it makes sense when you're walking with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, I think that's the biggest thing I'm for myself that I'm all, it's like this worked for me. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Like other than like, I was a mess. I needed to develop my relationship with Jesus and this worked for me to start to understand him. Yeah. And I think, gosh, God's wired us as relational creatures. Like you see that in Genesis, like he creates Eve from Adam because he knew that Adam wasn't good to be alone. Like you see just how relational we are. And so when you say yes to Jesus, like there is just this like spur when you're around other believers where you're just watching how they live too. And like watching the example that comes from them and being in that relationship, you know, you have your relationship with God and you're trying to figure that out. And so to see other people also doing that, like you're, you're almost challenged in a way of like, okay, like I see how they do that. Like maybe that's something that I can try doing, whether it's, you know, jumping into devotionals with people or whatever, but it definitely helps seeing that. And you're built for relationships. Like we're literally wired for that. So then it, you can kind of play into that too of like watching other people mm-hmm. and then learning that at the same time. Even us introverts are wired for relationships. <laughs> just not lots of relationships all at yeah, once in yeah. front of you. Slow. Just a couple. And a, Slow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and give him give him my time. Yeah. Alone. And then yeah. a day off here and yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was uh, what really spurred this question on was a, a friend of mine, my uh, one friend, which if you don't know what one friend is, one friend is really where um, you've declared somebody like, hey, that's that person that I want to make sure to share Jesus with, that I want to share my faith with, that I want to be praying for, and I want to be looking for active opportunities to share Jesus with mm-hmm. them, whether that's an invite to church or whether that's a coffee or ways that you can serve them. However, you're going to share Jesus with them, and there's a lot of ways to do that. You're just saying, God, give me opportunities for that. And God really blessed me with this, with opportunities with this one friend where he started coming to church. He gave his life to Jesus, which was awesome to see him yeah. shoot his hand in the air. Yeah. If you've ever experienced that feeling where someone you've been praying for mm-hmm. to to find Jesus, when they do, they finally you know turn surrender their life to Him. Uh, I don't know that there's a better feeling in the whole world. But right. um, so he raises his hand to accept Jesus, and then we're out to dinner just a week later, and we're unpacking that he made that decision, and and he he told me he's like Nick. I am all in, like I'm in, I'm uh, whatever that, he goes, whatever that means. And he's like, and I I don't want, I don't want to 
say like I'm in whatever that means and not come through on it. So I need to know what that means when I say that. <laughs> He's like, I'm in for whatever that means, but also I, like I don't know what that he means. Knew what right. he was getting into. He's like, I'm in, but like also can we unpack like what does that mean to be all in? Because <laughs> I don't want to let you down. I don't want to say something I'm not going to do. And, you know, our commitment was we were just going to start journeying that out together because that's not, you know, that it's really hard to fit that into one conversation. But then, right. you know, what really kind of set on my heart is like what is that one next step that I should be giving him right now? Like yeah. what can I start helping him mm-hmm. with? Which we know being around and, and serving and being in a, a serve community will start to unleash a lot in his life. But outside yeah. of serve – What's another, you know, what would you say, like maybe in, even in your own personal walk? So let's say like mm-hmm. serve works for the weekend, uh, you know, when you show up to church or maybe you serve in a way during the week. I'm not saying weekends are the only opportunity, but let's say outside of that serve opportunity, if you're not serving all the time, mm-hmm. what's, the, what's maybe the first thing you can do in understanding that, you know, you're not a part of some religion now, you're in a relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think what a lot of people need to remember is like, it takes relationship building now. Like- right the three of us were not friends just because one day we just said like, we're going to be friends. There was a lot of life that needed to be experienced together. There were hard times and great times and that whole, all that life is those ups and those downs and being there in those moments together is what built a friendship. Right. Mm-hmm. And so how does somebody engage and start that friendship with Jesus? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a hard question. <laughs> or what would you just say is the very first thing on that that worked for you personally. Okay, this is going to sound like so basic, but literally opening my Bible. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I grew up in church, but, and I even like, I got gifted like a little Bible when I was in third grade, but I didn't know like where to start in it. One, it was very intimidating. I think it was like a King James translation <laughs> as a third grader. But as I got, when I got plugged into Central, when I got older, it was like just sitting in the sermons one sitting in the messages and then like having passages that the pastor like goes through. And then I go back and like read the whole thing. Like that's kind of just where I started. I was like, what's the rest of this chapter talking about? Um, and then also the most helpful thing are just like these devos on you version on the Bible yeah, app. Yeah. Cause y- yes, you could read through the Bible, like front cover to back cover, but it becomes a little bit daunting that way. So taking it in bite sized pieces and just being in your Bible regularly because like literally it's a gift from God like we were given this right. I don't know tool for lack of a better word to get to know him better and I just wasn't using it for so long so I didn't even know how to go about it yeah which she, you know Ariel just said something really good I want to make sure you caught that so what did I say no just <laughs> just pointing to the Bible app oh, so there there yeah. might be many listening that they don't own um, their own Bible yet. Mm-hmm. They, or maybe the Bible they have, they've always just seen, I, I've heard a couple times, like, I, I just can't understand it. Mm-hmm. And it immediately lets me know that they have a version of the Bible that just like the King James version or something that uses just not as easy to understand language. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's lots of translations of the Bible that everybody needs to know. And you can jump into the version app and you can choose a, a translation that works for you. An easy one that we use often here at Central is the NLT, the New Living Translation. Yeah. So you can select the NLT. It's a it's a very easy um, to understand version of the Bible, um, translation of the Bible. And 
the other thing that you can do through version is you can partner it with reading plans that just help apply the verses you're reading to your everyday life. Yeah, I would just say like, be intentional every day. Like, gosh, if you're intentional with a friend and you're talking to them every day, you're bound to know more about them. That's right. Right. And so even if, you know, the Bible is daunting, we'll start somewhere. Like, just don't wait. I think sometimes we're like, gosh, it's so overwhelming. I don't know what to do. The Bible is so big. It's kind of confusing. Mm-hmm. I'll figure that out. Right. And then you just never really figure it out. Mm-hmm. And so just start small and start somewhere. You know, I think. I've been always told to start in the Gospels. Yeah. Just read about Matthew, Mark, Jesus' Luke. ministry. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because they're just, one, you hear the story of Jesus, mm-hmm. right? And the life of Jesus, the miracles that he performs. And then you see the character also. Through yeah. It, right. Mm-hmm. And so. But just make it so intentional that it's happening every day. And I think people think, well, I have to sit down and read my Bible for three hours, you know, and become a scholar right then and there. (laughs) But it's like, (laughs) I'm not a scholar, you know, like I think we're just constantly learning like God's word is living. So it's going to continue to speak to you. But gosh, if you can just be intentional daily, whether that's five minutes, 10 minutes, but starting to build that habit will open up a a more intentional, deeper relationship. Yeah, I think I mean. Exactly to your point, the the verse that goes along with that is found in the Gospel John. In John fifteen four, Jesus literally says, "Like remain in me, mm-hmm. um, and I will remain in you." And he gives yeah. the analogy of like of a, a branch can only produce fruit if it's connected to the vine. Right. And so, if we're the branch, you know, if our lives are the branch, and we want fruit to come from our lives. We need to be connected to Jesus, which is exactly what you're talking about. You can't build a friendship. You can't build a relationship with someone you're not connected to. So if you're intentional in each day um, as kind of, you know, unexperienced, maybe your first couple of times are, if you're just intentional about opening up your Bible, if you're intentional about um, beginning to start to pray, Mm -hmm. that relationship is only going to start to blossom over time. It's only going to start to produce fruit as you remain in him. Well, speaking of building relationships and friendships. This is going to be a great transition. <laughs> Come on. Um, I, if you know me, I like to have a lot of fun. <laughs> no, not at all. And one of the things that we want to do in this podcast is just to throw in a random pivot in the middle of our deep discussion. I love it. To have a little fun. Love so it. Jordan loves fall, <laughs> but she Ooh. hates a pumpkin. Yeah. And we just thought, why don't oh, we try exactly something new and fun mm-hmm. and eat something pumpkin flavored mm, so the idea I was love this we found pumpkin flavored spam oh. online that couldn't get here in time so instead like it's an actual thing it's an actual thing you can google it they, there there is literally pumpkin, spice, pumpkin everything spam there's pumpkin spice any anything you want i, I saw pumpkin spice oreos i Ooh. saw pumpkin spice that sounds better than pumpkin spice. Uh, yes. peeps yeah. like i thought peeps yeah. were an easter thing and now there's <laughs> now like pumpkin spice peeps <laughs> pumpkin and, and everything you know, but gosh. this is so yeah. Two two things. Jordan might hate pumpkin spice. But I don't know how she feels about spam. I'm, how do you feel? I'm not great. <laughs> okay. See. See. Especially. I'm. I would. I would be bold enough to say like, <laughs> I haven't ever tried spam because the no. idea. Ever. The idea repulses me. Wow. As your Asian friend, I'm upset that you've never tried. Spam. I'm sorry. I'm. Yeah. Sorry. I also but, said that like I'm your only Asian friend. That's not true. <laughs> well. I, oh, that I, I'm like sorry I've let you down in that way. It but. Does kinda, so anyway, we couldn't get the official pumpkin spice ma'am here in time. So Jenna <laughs> made us 
you can, if you're on the video podcast, you can oh, see this, but cute. on audio, it's let literally me, a slice of uncooked spam. Oh, with, uncooked. <laughs> let me describe well, what I think I'm, it's safe to eat. Just really trying let me to describe what I'm looking at. with um, pumpkin spice on top. So, so to those that are just listening, what I'm looking at is a cute little let's be careful uh, fall plate yep. um, with little fall mm-hmm. decorations mm-hmm. with a piece of what looks like meat. But I don't just, know. I don't even know you could say it's just it a looks slimy like it. <laughs> slice of meat with what looks like some sort of. Uh, well, I guess it's just pumpkin spice, but it looks like. I'm worried that we're, it's like the cinnamon challenge spice. where we do this and we're going to choke on this pumpkin spice <laughs> oh powder. Okay, but wait. You know, while we do this, you're supposed to talk about um, Central Youth. How big of a bite and am Central I taking? Kids. We're supposed to eat the whole slices. thing, I think, because we don't want to waste food. Oh. oh. <laughs> so we have to finish this while Jordan tells us about what? And she's got oh, you got to eat and talk. You? Just oh. about what's going on in Central Youth and Kids. Yeah. Like, you know. It's fall season, so fall we just season. we just got through Fall Fest, which was unbelievable. Oh my gosh, look at how there. much pumpkin spice! <laughs> so much. I'm gonna try to. Take <laughs> Do you want to take a bite? Do okay. I take a bite? Don't you yeah. with the microphone? People will be so grossed. Okay. Oh, we're doing oh. this. Okay, one. You know, I try something oh. pumpkin every year and still hate it. So, so this, this is I'm it. This is your one this. pumpkin this thing. This is my unfortunately. Okay, one, two, three. I'm gonna talk and chew. Um, that tastes like. Are you supposed to eat this raw? It's fine, I think. Like Sorry, I'm chewing into the microphone. Spam is fine raw. It's like it's oh, like a candle on spam. Oh, there's yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is you're chewing into the mic. Oh, this I'm is. Sorry. <laughs> I apologize to our listeners. Um, <laughs> it doesn't go. <laughs> no, I could not I like this. pumpkin any more those, than I already do. But those two flavors fight each other so hard. It's, um, it's you're just eating it. It's like smelling a candle while eating spam at the but same time. But it's not mixed in, so it's really gritty. <laughs> 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 this is amazingly I'm hungry. bad. Um, uh, can I right. like, scrape? Okay, so the texture me, of the but spam. But I can't stop. <laughs> why does the spam have layers? <laughs> like, why is it layered? It should just. It should what have. Do you mean layered? Like, I, I can see, like, if I were to pick up a stone and I was trying to see how old <laughs> it was, I can see the different. A tree, not a rock. <laughs> or a tree. <laughs> yeah, sorry. It's the rings in the tree trunk. <laughs> I said stone. If I picked I just, up, if I cut a branch, I could see never the rings. Spam I has rings. <laughs> like I just, layers. Oh. This can of spam is 15 years old. No, <laughs> no, we're mouth. eating it raw. I'm kidding. Oh, okay. I'm oh god. Kidding. I also just think <laughs> pu- the pumpkin spice, like you're meant to like mix it in things. Yeah. You're not just meant to be eating spoonfuls of it. Now I want to know what the real pumpkin spice spam tastes like. Well, I will make sure you get some. Thank you so much. At the end of the season. Uh, yeah, so we're, I'm going to hit pause on the, even how <laughs> delicious this is yeah. on I'm still eating. getting us back on okay. topic. Yeah, sorry. So I interrupted a very serious conversation. No, it was it's good. We gotta, <laughs> I like this. I think that's what I'm going to do every time is you're just never going to know if or when I'm going to throw in a random, let's play a game. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. I think, I think it also encourages people to watch the videos to see just some of our reactions. Yeah. Yeah. Too. Yeah. The pumpkin spice is not great. And so. like the more I had of it, the less I, I liked it. What would first. you rate it? Like one out of 10, 10 being like so good. <laughs> one being repulsive. Yeah. So <laughs> where I'm, would you rate it? I, I'm not one that like, like when someone says rate it one out of 10, yeah. I don't like when people are like, 12 or <laughs> yeah. negative yeah, two. The, the rating like, is up to it's 10. One to well, 10. I literally like, gave you boundaries. a range. <laughs> like, if I didn't want to, if I wanted a, I'd one say to 1 to 12 if I wanted a 12. Um, right. 
<laughs> ten funny. is the best. So <laughs> Otherwise, we're just can, we can say infinite numbers up until whatever we think oh our number is better. Gosh. So, I will give this a solid one. <laughs> <laughs> that is what I think of spam, spam. pumpkin, pumpkin spice, spice flavored spam. Okay, what do you think? Yeah. Oh, I mean, you're a fan of spam. I so. do love spam. I think I started off at like this is like an eight. And then by the end of it, Eight. I was like, it's like a five or a six. Because I could get wow. past the pumpkin spice, and I really enjoy Spam. But then the more I had of it, I think it's coating my tongue. No, I literally can't fit my tongue, <laughs> actually. <laughs> I, so, uh, yeah. Maybe if there was a way to like cook with this, cook the Spam. But we, we can get off anyway. this. <laughs> if you want to yeah, yeah. join us in this endeavor. You, try you can it. try it yourself. Uh-huh. And I'm going to order the real one, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. Anyway. For me. So before I interrupted us, I'm so sorry. We were talking about just the some next steps that you can take. Right. I think this is awesome, like, even for knowing, like, your youth students. Mm-hmm. Like, what are next steps that you tell them to take when they're starting off in their faith journey? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's really cool, um, gosh, when you see a sixth grader raise their hand, you mm-hmm. know, um, and say yes to Jesus, and they're just kind of like, well, what does that mean? Um, the very first thing, we always try to get them plugged in with um, the How to Follow Jesus um, little guides, those booklets, because they're such a tangible way, if you're at Central, to walk with Jesus, to learn a lot about what that is. And so they always get that in their hand. And then the next question is like, do you have a Bible? We always want to mm. make sure that they have you know, if we're truly believing that the Bible is the word of God, that it's the best instruction manual to life, right. that they have one of those, right? And so any decision that's made, those are kind of the first two things that we're like, here's this booklet. We're so glad. And then we celebrate with them. I think what we sometimes want to keep this decision to ourselves, like maybe we raise our hand, but then we never scan the QR code or we never go talk to someone and say, hey, I made that decision. We kind of keep it to ourselves. And that just doesn't do us any good you know like it's great to be able to be celebrated it's a big decision and it's a really big moment and so we get to celebrate with them but then it's all about you know community and getting plugged in we have some of the best volunteers and leaders Mm -hmm. in our ministry and a lot of these people have experienced life change whether it's at central or somewhere else but they're walking with jesus daily and so that's kind of for a student perspective having someone that is able to be intentional with them and walk with them daily is where our leaders come into play in our small groups Um, every weekend your student attends youth and kids they're in small groups, you know, we'll do a teaching that's really relevant to them. Um, that's really easy to understand. And then they get plugged into groups, you know? And so every weekend they have these moments to really talk about their relationship with God. Um, but then from there, plugging them into some smaller bits of Bible studies, whether that is through you version or stuff that we're doing on the weekend. Um, the biggest thing is just making sure that they're set up with all of the resources that they could possibly need. Um, and then going from there and having really intentional conversations um, and being able to celebrate with them. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think in all that, like ultimately the goal is and that they have a relationship with Jesus. Yep. Like it's yep. not just the next checkbox on our religion right. or anything mm-hmm. like that. It's like, we want you to what to experience what it is like to have mm-hmm. a real relationship with Jesus. And I, and I think, you know, for anyone whose parents are, I mean, anyone who are, is, is a parent listening. I know one thing for me, and you, you touched on this, Jordan, you, sh- you know, especially when it comes to like them reading their Bible, Cosette will come to me mm-hmm. and, um, 
uh, one thing they have to do every day is they have to do these different checklists. And one of them that they're, they're all in piano. They have piano lessons and Laura wants them practicing their piano. Yeah. Cosette does not like practicing piano. <laughs> and one day I told her, you need to go practice piano. She fought me on it. I said, babe, this is going to be really good for you someday. Um, this is going to be a skill that really pays off. You're going to be glad when you're older that you learn piano. Yeah. And she said, if it's so good for me, why don't you play piano? But she always just <laughs> she amazes me <laughs> with her responses. Cause I don't play piano. Laura does, but I don't play piano. Um, so all I could do is speak from an experience of having a lack of that knowledge mm. that no, you really, cause I don't, it's, I don't have the time, the energy to go back and learn it now. I wish that I did, but when it comes to our Bible, we don't want to be parents that teach our kids to do something that's really good for them that we're not personally Ooh, doing. That's good. So it's like if they can see us picking up our Bible and reading it, if they can see us engaging in a relationship with Jesus, they're going to want that for themselves and they're going to model it. So right. why not let them see us do it if we rather than. You know, I I don't want Bible reading to necessarily ever just be a checklist item for them. Yeah. Like I want them to engage in a relationship with Jesus, but I want them to see me engaging in a relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Which is it okay if I just preach on something for yeah, a yeah. second? Let's hear it. Um, one thing that I love and, and uh, that I often like get to experience here from people is just kind of that whole word, that whole verbiage, like it's a relationship. It's not a religion. I think there's many times though, that saying like Jesus is a friend, it almost diminishes. It maybe even lessens who Jesus is in our minds, which it shouldn't. It, it almost in a way though, like Je- Jesus is your friend. Yeah. Like it, it makes it sound so soft and mm-hmm. we know Jesus is anything, but so, I mean, he is gentle. He is soft, but he's also strong. He's also powerful. He's also life-changing. And I think it's because we think of it as like, oh, Jesus is your buddy or he's your pal. And culturally, it can come off like corny using the phrase like Jesus is your friend because we almost use it in ways like, oh, poor you. You're without any friends. You know, you don't have a whole lot of relationships. You have a hard time making friends. Well, at least Jesus is your friend. Like it's just this catch all to like not being lonely. Like, oh, you have Jesus. Um at least you have Jesus as a friend. And I think it's because we have this buddy or pal mentality of Jesus. Like he's a last resort friend to the socially awkward, which he is a friend to everyone, even the socially awkward. He's a friend to those that are lonely or have a hard time making friends, but he's also so much more than just this last resort friend. We sometimes use him to be like, if we have plenty of relationships in our lives, if we have plenty of friendships in our lives that we don't need to view Jesus fulfilling that friendship role because we're not lonely, but we have to remember that we don't make Jesus fit into our lives and how we are and what we want him to be to us. We fit our lives into who Jesus is and who he wants us to be. And when the phrase is used that Jesus is a friend, it's not saying that Jesus is your buddy or your pal. It's much more than to check a box that if you had to write down all your buddies on a piece of paper and you couldn't really come up with anyone, that at least you could write down Jesus's name, that Jesus is my friend. Jesus is my friend is a power statement. What it's saying is that Jesus is way closer, way more accessible than sometimes we give God credit for. Like in our minds, we treat God, we treat Jesus like he's some distant being in the clouds, looking down on us, watching us, making sure we're being good. But the friend, 
the phrase Jesus is my friend means he's right here. That's means I need my people and I know I can pick up my phone that in my personal life, there's groups of people that I could text or call and as fast as they could physically be my, by my side, if I needed them, they would be like, Jesus is way more accessible than even that. He's right here. And if we will acknowledge it, there's an intimacy, there's an accessibility, there's an availability that he's for us, he's near us. But even more than that, there's also a dependency. It's an acknowledgement of knowing that you will face stuff. It doesn't seem like you're going to be able to make it through. Like those times will come through in life that you will have hardships. But with the closeness and dependency on Jesus, you can weather it. You can get through it. And just like any friendship, you're going to have to go through some stuff together to see just how strong that friendship is. But my prayer is that you'll give him the chance to show you. And that comes with acknowledging that he's much closer. He's much more accessible than we realize. And and when we're in hard times, just talk to him. Yeah. Like just ta- stop. And even if you don't know how, just acknowledge just how close he is to you and talking to him should be just as easy as if you were to pick up the phone and call a friend of yours that you just really needed to talk to, that you really needed some advice from. But just start building your friendship with Jesus. Start abiding in him. Start start drawing closer to him, knowing that he's going to see you through all those times. And like we said earlier, that's the only way to start that friendship. That's so good. That's, good. that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, as we're wrapping up our time, I think it would be awesome for you guys or all of us to just kind of like start listing off the things that are available for people to take their next step, no matter where they're at. You know, the question is, I decided to follow Jesus. What now? So what actual handles do we have that people can grab onto that's available at Central for people that are taking their next steps? Yeah, I I think it's great. Um, I'll start with just, you know, what Pastor Jordan said earlier, which is like, if, if you feel like you have the availability to jump in and just start on a serve team. Listen, you get to experience what it's like to love God and love people through serving, through being the hands and feet of Jesus. And I think oftentimes people think like that's going to take, you know, hours out of their week that they don't have, or they're going to ask me to be here all the time. And I just can't do that. But in some ways, like you can serve one hour once a month and just start being on that team, but it allows you to start making those connections. Mm-hmm. It allows a leader to see you and pour into you, mm-hmm. allows that space to ask those questions that you're journeying in this relationship with Jesus. And it gives you, you a chance to think outside yourself and really get active in your faith. Yeah. And if you don't know like what area area you want to serve in, then for sure go to Backstage Pass, which right. happens. Is it like... Oh, I thought you were going to give Jordan a plug. Like if you don't know, Just serve go, in oh, Central yeah. Youth. Serve in Central Youth. <laughs> <laughs> or that. But yes. Yeah. <laughs> but there are a lot of areas to serve that you might not even know about. Right. Yeah. Um, so there's more than just what you see, like when you walk in, like the greeters and the ushers, there's a, there are a lot more other teams. Right. Mm-hmm. And we do a backstage pass about once a month. It's usually the weekend after we have a first step and they give you a tour and you walk through and meet leaders through all across all the teams and you can really see what's out there, what's mm-hmm. available. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like you don't have to have all the answers to start serving. I feel like people oh, need sure. to know everything yeah. about Jesus to serve. Like just jump in wherever you have giftings at. Um, I would say for sure, um, jump into first step. If you have not done first step, that is the best way, the best thing to do. Um, it is worth every hour. Um, and gosh, like we've condensed it, you know, into four hours on a Saturday or two hours. 
long yeah. is it? Two hours now? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you're you're given groundbreaking news, yeah. but wow. it's okay. Like it. Spoiler Whoops. alert <laughs> <laughs> for the podcast and the podcast only. That's right. Um, but it is like one of the best things to do. Gosh, you learn how to read your Bible. You learn how to pray. You learn how to, like what areas to serve in and what that looks like. You get to meet a bunch of pastors, and then you also get to meet people that are also asking the same questions you're asking. Right. And you get to start just at the same level as everyone. And whether you're saying yes to Jesus for the first time or you've been a part of Central for, you know, 20 years and you've never done it. I know even for me, every time I sit at a first step table, one, it just reminds me of that moment I said yes to Jesus. So like it kind of brings me back to Mm -hmm. that. But then also get to watch and journey with people that are asking these questions of what's next. So I think first step is the best thing. And I know we talk about it all the time. But it truly is one of the best next steps if you're asking, what do I do next? Yeah, exactly. And then if you just, maybe for you right now and you're listening and you just need something tangible, just keep showing up every weekend. Yeah. Sometimes just surrounding yourself in a church family, getting before God and experiencing God in a worship setting and allowing Pastor Judd or whoever's preaching to allowing God to really speak through them into your life. Sometimes that's the best growth that you can experience. But just keep showing up. Just keep talking to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And if you need a tangible next step, I would jump in and serve. But there's just know that there's a whole menu of next steps. We have a whole discipleship pathway here at Central called Follow Him, where we really try to help each individual because every next step's different. Everybody's right. life looks different. Their their felt needs are different. What they're experiencing or going through right now is different. But mm-hmm. I promise you we're a church that no matter what you're experiencing, that we have something, a next step that could take that could help you follow Jesus. But more so than anything, you got to know that we as a team have a commitment to be there for you and walk alongside of you because we are better together. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So I think that's a good wrap. That's good. Thank you, Pastor Jordan. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's so fun. I loved it. Thanks. We did do that the same time. (laughs) And same tone and everything. (laughs) Sorry, Ariel. To everyone listening, remember to submit your questions. If you have, you know, there's a question you're journeying that you want us to start the conversation on to start talking about. Remember to reach out to 24 Hour Church through the Central Family website. The quick links there. Just let them know that you have a question for the How to Follow Jesus Together podcast, and we'll make sure to hit those questions in upcoming weeks. But for now, make sure you're holding on to Romans 8 that tells us if God is for us, who who can be against us? us? We'll catch you soon. (laughs)